In episode 288 of Arsenal Gothenburg podcast, we have Mike from the Gunas podcast with us. And we talk about American football. We talk about music. And Mike, by the way, uh, has done a deep research into Swedish music and delivers his best tips uh, of Swedish songs. So um, be prepared for that one. Uh, Mike later tells us the story uh, of how he became an Arsenal supporter and how his uh, supportership has looked throughout the years. Uh, talks a lot about 89 and um, similarities to this season. Uh, then we move on talking about Arsenal's... Uh, not, th- not Arsenal's fall, but the, not the fall of Arsenal either. Uh, we talk about the autumn of our Arsenal's autumn. There you go. Arsenal's autumn uh, and season so far. Best player, the biggest surprise so far. Uh, game of the season so far and so on so on we talk about Shaka's redemption and Mike had to bring Mustafi up I know it's too soon but he he felt like he had to I'm sorry for that Uh, we talk about ownership and how to run a club and we talk about the rest of the season and Mike drops a bomb uh, about Highbury um, and after parties at Highbury uh, either and it's Hope that you th- who listen to this like get the feeling about how fun it was because I had a, a laugh and a blast throughout the whole season. A uh, really fun episode to do. Hope it, it it is a really fun episode to listen to. Um, so make sure to drop your feedback on Ar- Arsenal Gothenburg's social media, which is on Twitter, Arsenal GBG, on Instagram, at Arsenal GBG, and on Facebook, Arsenal Göteborg. Forum, which is like an Arsenal Gothenburg group, and also a like page called Arsenal Göteborg, which is uh, Göteborg's Gothenburg in Swedish. There you go. Um, so, uh, I just, without further ado, I um, give the word to myself, Oscar, Tobias, and Mike from the Gooners podcast. Uh, here we go. Oh, Shaka! El Nenis me fro. No, I'm just kidding. Um, here we go. Hello and hello and welcome to Arsenal Gothenburg podcast, a podcast for Arsenal fans by Arsenal fans to Arsenal fans where emotions runs the show. This week in English, because we have a special guest, uh, no, not a special guest, a special guest, uh, a bit of Swinglish there already, uh, but I get to him in a couple of minutes time. First of all, I would like to introduce uh, my friends and podcast colleagues, Oscar and Tobias. Hello, Oscar. How are you this evening? I'm good. It's good to be back, and uh, it's good to have a guest on as well. <laughs> Not a guest. <laughs> no, a guest. Um, I'll just. How How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a bit stressed. You know, uh, I totally forgot that I had a parents' meeting this uh, evening. So, um, um, blah 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 to the parents, and then oh, so I'm done. Off. Uh, I have to go now. See you later tomorrow. Uh, good night, everyone. Uh, and then blah blah blah. But but I'm here. Uh, and uh, ready to talk some swinglish to everyone. Uh, Tobias, you're here as well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. 
And I've just thought about you, so I don't need to ask you twice, I suppose. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, had a great weekend? Uh, it was very good. Mm -hmm. uh, very beautiful northern lights on Saturday when we were out walking, uh, me and the missus. So, uh, yeah, um, got some good pictures of that and good food, good, good friends. It was good. Sounds great. Sounds great. What about you? Drinking uh, Folkjöl again? Uh, not this weekend. I just <laughs> had two glasses of white wine this weekend. How about that? Fancy man. Lord. Yeah, Living yeah, yeah. lord. Yep, that's how I do it from now on. That's a, that's a low-key brag. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I tell you, th th those two glasses were uh, free as well, so there you go. At the parents' meeting? <laughs> no, no, no. This weekend, not at the parents' meeting. Then I just had scotch in my pockets, sipping on. Uh, uh, well, enough about us. And let us introduce the man of the hour, our special guest this evening. It's Magic Mike from the Gooners podcast. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're fine. How are you? I don't know why we're doing this in English. I, I speak fluent Swedish. I, 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 you know, I told Oscar that, but... Maybe this will be easier. And, and, and I am a jest. I, I almost never say anything that makes any sense uh, seriously. So uh, happy to be your special jest. Do you know what jest, jest also means in Swedish? You know, when you, when you uh, bake and you have the stuff that, you know, makes the dough bigger... Well, then I'm certainly not a jest because I neither bake nor am I bigger than anything. Um, well, I'm bigger than most things, but not in the area where it counts. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, they got a Swedish <laughs> lesson as well. Well, jest means guest and also the thing that makes dough big. Anyhow, enough about bakery. Oh, yeast. Okay, got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. How about your weekend? Was it good? Top of the league uh, stuff. Yeah, very, very relaxing weekend. Uh, just basically sat around and watched a lot of football um, of both persuasions. The uh, the real football, which is going on in the World Cup right now, and uh, and and the American version yesterday, which fills many a Sunday. But uh, yeah, just been busy getting together a, a FIFA tournament for the charity, uh, which I guess we can talk about a little bit later. But uh, all in all. Good times. Arsenal's top of the table. Can't complain. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I think it would be wrong if Tobias doesn't get to ask you about your American football team because he's the only one in the podcast that uh, follows the American football. Well, i got to be honest with you. I, I grew up in Washington, D.C., where I still live in the, in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, so I grew up as a fan of a team, which name we're not supposed to say anymore. Commanders. Um, they are the commanders now, but... Uh, if you if you think that the Cronkies are bad owners, and I'm not suggesting they are, I'm just saying some people do tend to think that. Uh, you have never met Daniel Snyder before, so the in a, about 30 years ago, the ownership of the team changed, and he has driven this team so far into the ground in every possible way, uh, on and off the field. That uh, I I've just kind of fallen out of love of supporting a, an American football team. Period. Uh, the game is still fun. I play fantasy in American football uh, specifically, and, and that keeps me interested. But uh, I, I really don't care what happens in the games. I, I'm just entertained by them. Uh, and football, proper football, has become my passion. So I don't have a team uh, really anymore. I have my fantasy team. That's what I have. <laughs> like you have scarves and T-shirts of your fantasy team. 
Yeah, I don't have a half and half scarf. I have like a one tw- oh. one thirty second scarf with, <laughs> yeah, with all the different exactly. team names on it. I, I, have we, a, we, uh, I have a scarf with with my fantasy players on it, and I change it every year. I mean, honestly, there are you can get gear quite easily with all the NFL teams logos on there. So, like a a lot of people has that. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I I I I like the sport, but. It can be boring. It can, and I know this isn't the topic of the podcast, but it, it, it can be boring. There's way too many breaks in the action. It takes three and a half hours to watch 12 minutes of action. So I it, look, if I had to drop a sport completely, it would be baseball, but then it would more than likely be the NFL. So um, who's your team? Uh, I don't really know what to talk about it today because yesterday was the battle of the brothers. Uh, my brother's a Niners fan and I'm a Saints fan. Uh, so Saints, okay. Saints uh, lost their first. Uh, no, they got shot out for the first time in like eleven years or something. No, it wasn't yeah. even more than that. It was insane. Uh, yeah, I, know, so I my noticed. Brother, that my brother's really happy, but I noticed I'm not. that because I was rooting for the San Francisco defense yesterday. If you know what I'm saying, but uh, uh, but yeah, dude. Always interested to find out, you know, when people that aren't American, like how they came, you know, in love with their team. But I'm sure. That will be good for another podcast because I'm sure you're going to have that question for me when it comes to football. So, yeah, it was 21 years. Saints haven't uh, been out shut out for 21 years, but it Ooh. happened yesterday. All right, 13-0. It's, it's a rough game. It's not our year. Can say that. I've, 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 I've kind of given up on the season already. I mean, we got the Red Rocket slinging it back there. He's not going to do us any favors. Well, but you have another team as well, Tobias. You have another uh, team Alabama, as well, right? Alabama Crimson Tide, I follow oh, as well. Oh, jeez, jeez. Talk uh, yeah. about, but, yeah, about but we, we, <laughs> Not really, not anymore. It's been a rough year not, for them as well. I'm, I'm, I'm super glad, honestly, I'm super glad I got awesome now because Alabama has been good for the last couple of years. Saints has been pretty decent as well, but I'd rather see the Saints. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, the Arsenal win than any of the other two. That, that is my policy as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Arsenal Gothenburg's American Football Podcast <laughs> <laughs> with Magic Mike and Tobias Johannesson. Um, this is our new brand from uh, now on. Very niche, very niche. Yeah, like we we are a football podcast. We doesn't say which kind of football podcast we are. But uh, so yeah, there you, you go. You didn't commit. You didn't commit to that fully. No, no, no. You, know, it's, you like to have you. It's good to spread out your knowledge. Um, well, I thought we're gonna continue with uh, our beloved segment, Music Monday. Um, so enough with American podcast and start talking some music. Uh, it's really simple and genius. One of us, one at a time, suggest a good song uh, to our listeners and to each other. Um, I can go first and like uh, show how it's done. Is that all right? If that's all right with you, I am it's fine with that. I don't set the rules here. And it's really simple. My song for the day is uh, the band Lipt, The Liptones, new single, Come Back To Me. Uh, it's a Swedish ska band, uh, which is freaking fucking awesome. I saw them live this Friday and I just can't get enough. Uh, I just can't get enough. I, no, that's <laughs> another band. Um, so Come Back To Me with The Liptones. Uh, it's my music tip for today. Uh, Oscar, do you want to go uh, next? Sure. In the original format, I think it's still stains from me and Tobias why we even have this on the podcast. For Mike, who's a new listener, maybe uh, it's Metal Monday for us, and uh, always 
nominate a metal song each week. And this week we had uh, a cover Monday. So I'm probably gonna I'm gonna recommend In Flames with Hurt, a cover on uh, Johnny Cash Hurt. Can I just interrupt you there? In Flames have made it's a cover. It's not Johnny Cash Hurt, and you're gonna say it's not Johnny Cash's original song, right? No, I'm just gonna okay. ask you. Did I hear you correct that In Flames have made a cover of Hurt with Johnny Cash? Yes. Oh, I love yes. that song. I gotta listen to it. I love Hurt. It's it's. Uh, all right, all right. I have to write this down now so I don't forget. Great tip, Oscar. Thank you. Uh, Tobias, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, one of the easiest, easiest best metal covers of all, all times have to be Land of Confusion with Disturbed. So I'm going to go ahead and go with that one. Uh, Genesis song originally, uh, which also is a great uh, band. Uh, or uh, is it a. Gen- yeah, it is Genesis. Um, nonetheless, uh, disturbed with the land of confusion. Can you sing it? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to sing. Uh, if, we, if we win the league, I'm going to sing. But otherwise, uh, other than that, I'm going to sing. I think the promise was if we win a title, you're going to sing. But uh, it's going to be the league. Oh, 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 in that oh, case. oh, 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 oh! You hear it? Did you hear it? We're going to win the league. Uh, all right. Uh, th- spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Thank you very much, uh, Mike. Do you have a song for us? And you don't well, you need know, to sing, I, it, sing it. I, I feel, because I've met Oscar, and I know I know what he's into, uh, musically, I mean. Uh, that that, that kind of sounded bad. Um, but uh, I have a wide variety of tastes. I mean, I could go with, with System of a Down. That, uh, I, I love me some System of the Down, pretty much anything. Uh, maybe, let's say, uh, Spiders. Uh, some of their less kind of highly known stuff I like but uh but if I really had to pick one song that I'd like to highlight it would be uh you know Molly Hammer and Ingen Anan Roar Mig Som Do I mean that song uh is that a song that anyone knows No no <laughs> No unfortunately I'm literally not looking at, I'm looking at the top 50 Sweden songs from 2022 I just figured that would be one maybe it's not the right style of of music but and, and maybe my pronunciation was awful but there's also Rid Mig Somen Dalahast. <laughs> Wait a second. Is, the, is this Swedish songs you try to say? Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, I, actually, I, is, yeah, yeah. The last I'm one is, uh, if you listen to I, those lyrics. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm making a pathetic attempt to find the most <laughs> Swedish sounding song on the top on the, on the Spotify charts and, and act like okay. I was listening to that. Oh, this the, uh, sorry to laugh at you, but I, I just wasn't prepared for this. Uh, this. Can, <laughs> can you say another song again, please? Or. Well, you know, I was also, uh, you know, checking out uh, uh, Bubble Pa Balkongen um, from Sophie Svensson. And, uh, and, and and what else was there? Um, like, also good. Oof, Mike, this is gold. Did, did, did you actually listen to these songs at all? No, no, no. These, these might be like the most ridiculous songs that make me look like a complete tosser when uh when I'm, I'm saying mean, it, one of I'm them just... is quite the graphic language the one i'm literally reading them off of a spotify top 50 list <laughs> <laughs> trying to fit you in you know that's my you uh... should definitely listen to that one later though <laughs> <laughs> which one is it that i that i should that i need to listen to oh <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah, I'm you know I'm way into Swedish music. Yeah, mm. totally. totally. Yeah, I, I it's, it's it's you and Tom. Yeah, no, yeah, our our our, our mutual friend Tom is uh, he probably wrote one of those songs I just mentioned. Probably. Well, have you, have he told you that he made me so disappointed that he had that he had tickets to Inflames and he decided not to go to the Inflames show in Richmond? I. I got him into that, so you when, need when, to go to them. They come into Richmond, and he bought tickets, and then he didn't go. When he talks about music, it, it, I mean, he is the ultimate hipster in, in when it comes to music. I mean, if you've heard of them, other than System of a Down, if you've heard of them, he doesn't like them. Like you have to, like there, ha he has to be one of only three people that have ever heard of the band in order for them to be good. All <laughs> He's right, one of those people. He's like one of them. Like a true music hipster. Well, uh, uh, he's he's a blues musician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's we, it'd be the equivalent to like you know a bunch of my my American friends watch asking me what football team I support and and saying like Grimsby Town, just because I need to be different from everyone else. But anyway, all right. enough about him. Well, about maybe me. we should maybe we should invite a music hipster on here sometime. <laughs> totally. That's what I, I told Oscar. He'd be a good guest. Totally, yeah. totally. Well, thank you very much for the, all this uh, Swedish music uh, tips. Uh, um, it's perfect. Thank you very much, Mike. Oh, um, and moving on, I thought, Mike, we're going to talk a little bit more about you and not your, you know, taste for Swedish music, but your taste for uh, Arsenal, basically, um, to get to know you as an Arsenal fan. Uh, Mike, how did, it, uh, how did you start to support Arsenal and when? Uh, this is a story I've told so many times uh, to people who are sick of hearing it from me. So I'm, it's, it's always nice to be asked by someone who, uh, who who genuinely acts like they're interested in hearing this from me. So because it's kind of a romantic story. I mm. I, uh, I was a 15 year old American living in in squalor. No, um, I I didn't really know much about the world uh, or about football in general. I played uh, what we would call youth soccer over here um, and liked the sport, but there was really nothing professional to watch other than, you know, the rare clip on, on public television from Germany, from the Bundesliga or something like that. Um, but then my family moved over to London for what was going to be a year and then two years. And when I got there, I had a whole chance to kind of discover everything new, the transportation, the the lifestyle, the whole the whole thing was different than living in suburban Washington DC in the US. So uh, so I just really wanted to assimilate as much as possible. So I noticed everybody, we moved there in August, everybody was going to the football and I said I need to find a team that I'm going to support and I'm going to throw everything I have into it. And at that time, I said, well, what's the easiest one to get to? I lived in central London on the Piccadilly line. And the first central London tube stop that I thought would be a team was Tottenham Court Road. Tottenham Court Road tube station, which is in central London, but has nothing to do with where Tottenham actually play. Thank God. That's true. So, so I said, okay, well, that won't work. And then I looked up the Piccadilly line and I saw a stop called Arsenal. I said, all right, well, we'll try this one out first. And a mate of mine and I went on the went on the tube, got out one Saturday at about one o'clock in the afternoon, walked off the tube in the crowd, just followed everybody, and ended up walking into the gates of the North Bank Terraces at Highbury. Oh. 
And let's just say I stopped my search after that day because I, I fell in love with the whole. I mean, it's like that scene in Fever Pitch if you've ever watched it, where yeah, the kid, yeah, yeah. yeah, the kids with his, which I watched this weekend actually, uh, where the kid walks out with his dad. He's got no interest in football, which was not the the way I was. But the second he lays his eyes on the pitch and hears the crowd and smells the the environment, he's hooked before the game even starts. And and we just we ended up on like the fifth or sixth row of the North Bank terraces wow. before before there were seats. Yeah. Um, right behind the goal, maybe over to the the left a little bit if you were looking out on the on the goal. And that became exactly where we sit. We would get there two hours early just to claim our spot, mm. bring a, a pint of, of bourbon and, and, and buy a Diet Coke and just shoot and chase to, to kind of make the two hours go by quicker until the game started. We, I'd look at the program, and that was 1988-89. Wow. Um, and, you know, if you know your Arsenal history, you know what happened that season. And I lived through that season, the season on Fever Pitch, the season on the 89 movie. That was that was my experience. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't lose your love for Arsenal after <laughs> after learning the team and discovering the team in a year like that. So so that's the story. And, and unfortunately, when I moved back to the States two years later, it really was not a time frame where you could keep track of the team very easily. We didn't have internet. Uh, we didn't have CFAX or, or, or teletext over there. So, you know, you could follow and get the results of the game two days later in a tiny little print in the back of the sports section in the newspaper. Um, but it really wasn't the same. And, you know, then I went off to university. I met a woman. I got married, started having kids. And so from... In 1991 to 2006, I was somewhat unplugged from the team, mm. which if you, I mean, those are not the years to be unplugged no, no, from no, the team. No. European trophy, Arsene Wenger arriving, double teams, invincibles, and then completely fell back in love with the team when I, uh, when my kids started being old enough to play football, uh, to start watching with me and all of the games started being televised. So you know, for the last 16 years or so, I've picked right back up on it, and, and it's become a bit of an, a passion and an obsession for me. But that's the story, guys. So, like, that's if it. you if you go and live in the woods now, without a TV, without internet, without any paper, you say we are going to win the league again, yeah? Well, see, I'm way, I, you know, I'm, I've sucked way more into it now than I ever was back in 1990. And you know, when you're when you're 17, 18 years old, you got you got other things going on in your that's life. That's true. Yeah. Um, when you're 49 and fat and and you've been married for 25 years, um, you know I love my wife. She's beautiful. She's amazing. But I would like I walk myself out to the middle of the woods at this point. <laughs> and and and, uh, and yeah, I would be out there just at night shouting and howling with the wolves uh, to try to find out. Uh, what the scores are. I, I I would not lose track of the team again. I I made that mistake once. All right, all right. Uh, uh, Oscar, next question. I mean, this is not uh, an introduction question, but since Mike told this uh, story, I need to ask him: How did you end up celebrating the title in '89? Then, if you were living in London. Well, I'm not going to claim that I was at Anfield that day uh, because I wasn't. What? I was. I was. I was uh, 16. My parents still had some level of control over what I did. 
after you know 11 o'clock at night when the pubs closed uh, but that night we were at a pub in st john's wood um what oh, that's where i used to live uh yeah well i went to the american school of london which is in st john's wood and, yeah. and um and, and the first year i i lived elsewhere the second year which was which hadn't started yet uh at the time of of uh of anfield 89 uh, but but we went to a pub near the school called the Flag, the British Flag, which is no longer a pub. It's apparently now uh, a educational facility, um, which made me sad. But it, it had a pool table, it had a jukebox, and it had a television. And that Friday night, because it was a Friday night, um, made necessary by the rescheduling of the game from uh, the Hillsborough disaster, and. Uh, about seven or eight of us, two or three of us, which were Arsenal supporters, got to that pub, watched the game, uh, and at the end of the game, when Michael Thomas scored that goal, which I have on a on a you can't see it, but it's on a photo picture right behind my head. If you watch my podcast uh, on the Gooners podcast, you can see it in the background. The the moment that happened, I ended up at the bottom of about a fifteen person mm. pile of humanity on the floor of a pub which, you know, is not necessarily that, that um, what do we call it, uh, clean? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the right word. But I didn't, I didn't care. Uh, it was, yeah, it was one of those, those moments that you just dream about as a sports fan, and you may live one or two of them in your life if you're lucky enough, or, you know, maybe 10 or 12 if you're like a New England Patriots fan, or, or uh, you know, or, or, you know, I guess what, who, what team wins the league all the time? Malmo. Uh, Kudos, <laughs> or, good one. But uh, you know, for for me at that point, and generally speaking, in my in my sports supporting career, that was that that was the the, the height of of excitement and and celebration. But that that was what I was doing that night, and I only regret having just watched Fever pitch for the 80th time this weekend. I only <laughs> regret that I didn't have the the frame of mind to go up to Highbury at the end oh, of the game yeah. and, and check out the scene there. It just didn't occur to me as, as being an away game that, uh, that there would be a, a, a scene there. And I kind of had to get home by my curfew. So, uh, so that's my biggest regret on that. And I didn't know to go to the, to the parade or any of that, but, uh, but yeah, that, that moment was special. But still, in London, uh, 89. Not a bad thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Not a bad thing. Not many people can say that. Well, many people can say that they were in, <laughs> living in London, 89. Yeah, a lot of people can, There are literally probably millions of people that can say that, but not, yeah. for the re not as many for the reason that... Yeah, I, that you know I what I mean. And speaking about pub floors, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, Wait, we all have a well, really I never, I never, one, though, Philip. I never Sorry, claimed what? it was the only time I've been on a pub floor. <laughs> no, I was just, it was like, the best time. When in Rome, but when in London, I suppose. Uh, Tobias, do you have a, a question for Mike? I, there's a few. Uh, but what what would you say is your best memory as Arsenal fan? Would you say that, that the first memory is also the best, or is this uh, pub uh, floor the best memory? I mean, the be the single best memory as an Arsenal fan, and this and, and again, keep in mind that unbeknownst to me and, 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 and not because of intent, but I, I just did not participate in real time with some of the greatest moments of Arsenal's last 35 years, uh, you know, the, in other words, the first 10 years of Arsene Wenger, um, that 89 moment is and probably always will be 
the greatest moment. Um, but, uh, you know, I could do with another one this May. Uh, I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, the, uh, the, the greatest moment from a pure sporting perspective was 26 May 1989. And, and I don't know how that could possibly be topped. No, that's true. That's I true. mean, you and me both could, could do with another league title. I think all of us are very hungry for that. But I mean, the setup of 88, 18, 88, 89 as well, where you kind of have to, they have to win by two, and they win on goals scored, and not like, this so close. And it's only necessary because, it's only necessary in the first place because of the heartbreak of two games before that, which I both, I attended both of them. I, I, I was at the Derby game, which was an absolute heartbreaker. Win that game, and you can win the league at home against Wimbledon on Tuesday. And we go out and pepper Peter Shilton with shots, and he just does not concede. Um, just shot after shot after shot right in front of us on the North Bank, and, and Shilton just stood on his head that day. The guy was like 40 years old at the time <laughs> uh, and had the game of his life. And then I uh, was able to get my mother at that time to allow me to go to the, the Wednesday night game against... Uh, against Wimbledon, and and while we couldn't win the league that day, we could have won the game and made it a heck of a lot easier. I think we would have just then need to draw uh, Anfield on the final day, and yeah. and uh, and and we drew the game against Wimbledon. That was a that was a heartbreaker as well. So it's just the whole. St- I was so glad when Amy Lawrence made that and and Lee Dixon made the '89 movie because you know for people who didn't either live through that the way I did or just who weren't. Arsenal supporters yet because they weren't old enough, weren't born enough, born <laughs> yet, enough. Yeah, I mean, you can. There's different levels of being born. Let's That's be true. Honest. Yeah, definitely. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for anyone that that doesn't know the story like the back of their hand, it. I mean, you you just have to know about that story as an Arsenal supporter because it was so special. And not being. But would you go on, Tobias? Go on. For me, uh, like I have obviously didn't live back then. It's minus three years something. I wasn't even they weren't even thinking about having me at that point. Um, but do you get the similar vibes this season where you have two teams that are a little bit better than other teams, like Liverpool and Arsenal were then with with City and Arsenal? Do you get the same kind of vibe there? Yeah, I mean, I there are so many similarities. Um, in fact, I just. A little bit of promotion here. I just started writing uh, blogs for the online blog Gunnertown, uh, Gunnertown.com. It's a great blog that uh, some great Arsenal uh, you know, supporters put together. There's really good writing on there. And then they also have my writing. Uh, it's Gunnerstown, actually, G-U-N-N-E-R-S-Town.com. But my first, my first article was essentially, a, it was a tongue-in-cheek article that, was talking about all the things that have gone on in a great, uh, a great winning season for for a new manager, and you know my goal of the article was for you to think I was talking about the current season, but ultimately it's all about eighty eight eighty nine. The similarities are stunning. Yeah. Uh, you know the amount of time the manager had been in place, the way that the manager was disciplinarian, didn't put up with anything. Got rid of a bunch of Deadwood the couple you know the seasons before, um, you know came into the new season with a very very young, a young well drilled squad of people that weren't necessarily superstars beforehand either homegrown or or bought from, you know from lower level English teams at the time but now it's you know it can be more global, 
and you know just the 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 similarities one after one after one are are amazing and you know at that time the dominant team was liverpool at this time the dominant team is city and it's just you know there's so many similarities so it does kind of feel the same and while i would certainly be happy for it to not go down to the final day and an almost impossible task um, if we do win the league this season, it is really going to be the, the closest thing to, to 89 from a, you know, we wanted this, but we really didn't think it would happen type of, type of deal. Another similarity is like, like George Graham won a cup uh, one season in, same as Mikel Arteta. Uh, that is, that's on, that's on the, in, in the article as well. I mean, it, it's, let, let's see if I can, uh, I'm, I'm bringing it up real quickly, but yeah, it's a, It's one of uh, yeah, like you said, the, the similarities. Uh, it's really, really many, many similarities there. It's eerie, yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a, a cup in the first season, a, a disappointment the season after that, just a, a long, quote unquote, process that he went through that yeah. the club trusted. You had Charlie Nicholas playing the part of Pierre uh, Emerick Aubameyang. You exactly. had, yeah. You had. Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable how, how similar it is and i hope it remains to and continues to be similar yeah 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 speaking of this season um mike staying with you for a bit um what's your general opinion about this season so far we are third uh, in uh, aren't we uh there, yeah, a there more the what's your it's and it's a stupid question from my part like what do you think about a season we're top of the league with five points ahead like it's a stupid question from my part i know that uh but i have to ask it, otherwise I don't do my job. So, Mike, what's your general uh, opinion about this season? I don't know, man. I, I went into the season thinking that, you know, by by Boxing Day we should be 20 points up. So I'm a little disappointed. Mm. Um, I'm not willing to accept the mediocrity that we're seeing right now. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I have higher standards than this. So so I'm I'm pretty annoyed. I mean, it, look, there are literally people I, that are saying that right now, I think, or or, or were saying that. It's It's been phenomenal. Uh, so many of the things that have, have plagued us over the last couple of seasons, I mean, many seasons, but the, two, but the couple of seasons under Mikel Arteta has been that just when you think we've got it all figured out, mm. we, we, we completely turn into a shell of ourselves. We start doubting ourselves. We lose and draw against teams we should be beating. And you you realize that you know we're still a long long way away, and you know it, it just amazes me how kind of everybody but the most negatively inclined, um, just the the most demanding, unrealistically because you you know demanding things of people you have no control over and and no you know that, that's kind of silly to do in the first place but. Everybody gave this process an opportunity to 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 happen, and you have to have a little bit of luck in the transfer market, in injuries, in results, in timing. You have to have a little bit of luck, but you have to make most of your luck, and that's what's happening yeah. this season. Um, we we've seen the, the 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 first eleven, and maybe we could even say the the first eleven plus you know two or three. Yes. Uh, similar, uh, you know, substitutes that could easily start is is now equal to or just about equal to, in my mind, Man City, mm. uh, and better than anybody else in the league. It, you know, our depth is still suspect. You cannot possibly build two 
starting 11s in the Premier League without the money that uh, that Manchester United has spent and without, you know, in, in a three-season period. You, you just can't do it. It takes six or seven years to build that much depth. So we're, we, we focused on the most important things first. Um, we got the, the thing that I think is more important than talent, which is the mentality and the team spirit and chemistry yes. experiment. Perfect, in my opinion now. And, and that takes years. And, and we're seeing it on the pitch. We're seeing a team that plays for each other. They play for the manager. They understand what they're being asked to do. They are excited to do it. They're indefatigable. Let me say that again. Yeah, yep. indefatigable. <laughs> there you go. Um, they they cannot be uh, run down at this point. And uh, you know, even when they look tired and 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 kind of worn out in the two games a week, and we've seen we've seen signs of this, and you know, a half here, a half there. Um, they they recover and they turn it back around. So you know, I, I'm not going to say we're going to cruise to the league this season. I tend to think we'll probably finish second, uh, but this is a different team. This is the team we've been waiting for for years and years and years. And I, I just, while I can't wait to get started again, yeah. there's no better time to take a month off of Arsenal than when you're sitting at the top of the table. It's much better than you know when 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 you take two or three weeks off of, fo- uh, of football and you're just looking back at at why are we in tenth place. So it's been a fantastic season so far. I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in a way, it's bad that, uh, you know, the break has come at this point because we have the momentum, you know what I mean? But yeah. in a way, like you said, it's good to, you know, put your feet up and look at the table for a month and, yep, still Let top of the league today. sweat over it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Oscar, moving on to you. Uh, what's your biggest surprise this season so far? Do you have any? I mean... Even if I was optimistic, I wasn't really foreseeing this happening, must say, mm-hmm. even if I try to be optimistic. But, um, I mean, basically just the level of a few players. Uh, I remember talking before the season about uh, how we're going to fit Saliba in the team and he's just been bossing it. And then you have Ben White doing such a good job at right back and... That's like that's something that stands out for me that I really couldn't see happening before the season started. Funny you mentioned White because I have in my notes here like White is I know that he was amazing last season, but that was as uh, centre half, and this season you know he started with like uh, right back because Tomiyasu was injured, and I and I know I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I maybe we talked about it and stuff. Like, he's just vacancy there. Like, he's playing there as long as Tomiyasu is injured. Then Tomiyasu is uh, getting his place back. But Ben White has been so freaking fucking good at Riot back. And I I have to say, I didn't see that coming. I know he was good. Uh, but I didn't know he was that good. Uh, especially at uh, right back. Uh, Tobias, uh, speaking of Ben White. Uh, who's the player of the season so far for you? I mean, objectively, or the one that I actually feel, uh, you know, made the biggest difference. Uh, um, the one that I'm you feel is a funnier, uh, funnier answer. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to hate myself <laughs> saying this. She probably Granit Shaka is uh, is the guy who is made the biggest leap going from. Well, uh, full con- context here, Mike. I hate him for what he did with the 
Yeah, uh, you know, would, taking off the shirts and everything, you, and you I have, I'm never going to forgive. I'm never going to forgive him. That doesn't I'm, mean yeah. I have to say like he's probably in the most valuable. He might be that this year. I I hate. I love Ramsdale. You could argue that Saliba should be the best as well. But biggest surprise, Xhaka. Mm. Mike, any comments? I thought I heard you wanted. Yeah, to I mean, I just. just... Just from from my Jaco background, I, I I got completely into that mode with. I mean, I I didn't love the guy before because it just always seemed to me that his attitude was constantly, you know, it was almost combative against against our own fans. And I and I'm not I'm not downplaying the fans' role in that. I'm not downplaying individual fans' mm. roles in that specifically because. He was, you know, he did face abuse. I'm, I'm literally staring at him right now the, during the game. <laughs> um, he literally, you know, he, he did take abuse, absolutely unreasonable abuse on social media. Um, I think, you know, athletes are people, but they also have to, you know, kind of have a tough skin about that because it's part of the fact of life. And they use social media sometimes to advance their own causes as well. So, you know, I, I, I'm sympathetic to the abuse he got from a very vocal, disgusting minority. Um, I feel as though he kind of clapped back at it to the majority. And that's, you know, he, he, what, you know, what he did in that palace game was, was a smack in the face to all Arsenal supporters. Yeah. Not everybody took it that way. I did. Um, and I'm not the one that was abusing him. Most people that were in the stadium weren't abusing him, despite the fact that they might have whistled him because he was slow walking off the pitch in a game where we needed to score a goal. Um, Probably you know, we the captain there as well. Like that's yeah, not we captain behavior. We weren't leading three-one at the time. Uh, that's when you slow walk, not when it's two-two and you need a goal and you've you know you've blown a two-nil lead. Um, so you know it it really rubbed me the wrong way, and I said, you know what, my issues with Granit Xhaka have never been on the pitch. He, he he's not the you know he was maybe a little bit out of his depth or, or out of the position that he is most comfortable with. He has been asked to do a lot of things that you know he's willing to do but aren't good for his game like covering left back. Mm. Um, and you know he so again it's circumstantial but I just didn't like the whole you know he would get a red card and then he'd come back four games later score a goal and come out in the press talking about, you know, all the abuse he takes and take that. And so I just, I didn't like him. I've never disliked a player more personally while not having any kind of opinion on his play. Um, and, and since then I have come to know some things that are not public uh, about things that he does behind the scenes for mm -hmm. fans. I've, I've, you know, things that are, uh, you know, not, publicly known that he has done for individual fans that he's done for causes um i've spoken to people who have met him uh in person and and say he's a true gentleman i you know that i've gotten more context to his personality and and yes his play this season has been by far the biggest surprise uh with saliba who we knew was good we just didn't know that was this good i didn't know Xhaka could become the most important not the best, but the most important player on the pitch, and that is what he has become this season. And so the whole kind of combination of of character rehabilitation, in my eyes, and and him being an unbelievable player, it's a, it's a it's the combination of the two. It's not one or the other. I don't love him where I hated him before because he's good now. I never, you know, it it just 
he I, I i wear his jersey proudly now i used to stuff it in the bottom of my drawer yeah. and i wear it proudly now and i and i unfortunately they've literally just lost against brazil one no but oh. um but uh you know i i'm rooting for them i'm rooting for him and um you know i i, I don't love what he did anymore but i don't i don't characterize him for that moment uh against crystal palace anymore Speak. um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing about Shaka before moving on. Um, I think Shaka, and I, I'm born '89, by the way, so I don't have all the Arsenal history. But I like to think that I, you know, I like to think that I know a bit of Arsenal's history. Um, I think the Shaka redemption, if we can call it that, is one of a kind in Arsenal's history. I don't know a player who has had that the journey that he has. Uh, do you know what I mean, Mike? Like. Yeah, hated yeah, and I mean, despised it, so much, and then a couple of seasons later, he's like basically the the pet of the fan, the fan's favorite. You know what I mean? Well, because mo- usually, in most cases, when it comes to a player that plays for your own club, your feeling about that player is directly uh, connected to how they play. I mean, there are players. I mean, Mustafi uh, <laughs> is too a soon, Mike. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Shkodan Mustafi is a guy who you just wanted as far away from your club as possible because he was just so costly on the pitch. But I don't know anybody that that thought he was, an, you know, an asshole. He was actually a little bit too much of a clown, if anything, yeah. with those pictures that we've seen of him, you know, dancing and and in his in his, uh, you know, without his pants on in the dressing room and you know the well. Maybe that was a private picture that they sent me, but... Um, but well, I mean, about your sources, Mike. Slide, slide into my DM, bro. Slide into yeah, my yeah, DM, bro. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, want the, you wanted the inside scoop. The, uh, I mean, he seemed like a great, like, like a nice person, whereas Granit Xhaka, people truly did not like his personality, did not like him as a person, and, may, and some may still not like mm. him as a person. Uh, um, me... Yeah, I was gonna say some on the pot. What you know, twenty five percent of us at least might not uh, might might not feel. I, I've been but... very. I, I don't forgive and and things like that. Is yeah. he was unfit to wear the captain uh, and unfit oh, I, to wear I, the I, jersey? I if he would have left then and there, I would have I would have never looked back. But the thing and is I'm... that I don't. I still don't like him, and I'm never gonna gonna forgive him. But he plays on the team, and that's fine. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and and that's the thing. I mean, I. You, you make a redemption story uh, comment and talk about you know other players in, in the past. I mean, I, I don't know that there are active Arsenal players who are not just you know the last man on the bench, but they're you know they play all the time, even when in years past we didn't want them to and didn't understand. I don't know that there are players that that we actively dislike that much. I don't think um, so. That were you know while they were on Arsenal after they leave, sure. Yeah. But while they were on Arsenal, I mean, I someone with a much greater grasp of history might be able to come up with somebody. But, but yeah, th- this is it, it's an incredible story, and you know, I'd love to see him. I'm glad that he's not the captain anymore. I don't mind him wearing the armband in the situations where it comes now after substitutions, um, and and that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a kind of a one of a kind story in Arsenal history that I can think of. Yeah, it really is, really is. Uh, Oscar, going back to you, uh, goal of the season so far, and why is it uh, Thomas Partey? <laughs> Isn't it funny? Uh, the goal of the season, it's two candidates. It's Thomas Partey and Thomas Partey. 
And, uh, and you know, what's up with this yeah. season? We have Chaka playing his football of his life, and we have Thomas Partey, you know, scoring f- for fun. What's up with this season? And with his feet, too. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah with his think, feet. Yeah. Not with his ass, but with his feet. Uh, so, Oscar, which of you yeah, put it goals? on the record? Me and, my, me and Mike were there for his first goal. All right. That okay. is absolutely ah, true. That was a real dream goal. That was the, uh, the Villa game, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw, we saw his first goal ever. It was with his head. Uh, so he was still kind of tweaking his game to be able to score with his feet, which is, you know, scoring with your feet in football is a rare thing. Yeah, it really. Um, is. For Thomas Partey, uh, either way. Oh, uh, yeah, for him. But Oscar, goal of the season? So um, far, so far. Th- yeah, good question. I mean, it's always, I mean, you always get the extra level to it when you score against Spurs. Mm, yeah, I mean, so it's got to be hard to look away from Thomas Partey, but just to put another one on the record that maybe wasn't as important. Like you were talking about uh, surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saliba's you're gonna, first you're goal gonna in steal an Arsenal. Right you're going to steal Saliba, mine right now. Uh, maybe Saliba's first goal in an Arsenal shirt. I didn't <laughs> see that one coming. That's a beauty. Bournemouth, the Bournemouth game. Uh, Mike, yeah. any comments on that? Is that the same yeah, for you? That- that, yeah, that was going to be the, the I mean, the, the part they won against Spurs was like, it, it announced the fact that we were not losing to this team. Mm. Um, and that, to me, is the best goal of the season. But I was going to bring up the Saliba-Bournemouth uh, game because, again, I mean, it was, I think, the third goal out of three yeah. in, a, in an easy cruising win against a, a, a lowly team. But, my God, was that a beautiful goal, and we had no idea that that was in his locker. And the thing is, that game was the first game that, you know, the... So the stars were aligned. You know what I mean? Before he scored. That wasn't because he scored. That was before he scored. Yeah, I know. So he must be like walking on clouds. Like, I got my own song and it's so fucking good. You know, I can score from here. No worries. Left feet as well. Top corner. Yeah, I remember that goal. And it was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, what's up with this season? All this, you know, the stars are aligned for something. Uh, Did you have the commentary? Because I've heard uh, of English commentary, Mike, that uh, the commentaries were complaining about the Arsenal fans singing the Saliba song for such a long period of. But I don't know which uh, broadcaster that was. You know, the, heard, the, uh, the funny thing is, that is the one game this season, other than the ones that I was at, uh, that. I wasn't able to hear the commentary because I was. That was the day that we moved my son into uh, into college, uh, into university, and we were heading home. But but because the game was was on that Saturday afternoon, we watched it from a restaurant, one of these restaurants that you know eighty percent of the televisions are on the NFL, and the one television we're watching is it was a big one, but it was the Arsenal game, and they had the sound off, so. Um, so I didn't get to hear. So I didn't even know about the, the Saliba song until I went back and watched it later at home because we had no volume. We just we just had the game. But they might well have been talking about that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Tobias, going back to you. Uh, and this question maybe is an easy one, but the uh, uh, game of the season so far and why is it Spurs? Ooh. <laughs> no, actually not. Oh, no, all right. I would, I, would, I would have got that, but you went goal of the season Spurs. Mm. I'm going to give it a little bit of tweak here. I'm right. going to say uh, game of the season so far is actually Chelsea away, 1-0. That's Not a good Chelsea. one. Chelsea. Uh, this is where, okay, uh, okay, we beat Tottenham many, many times. 
to go and beat Chelsea away, it's not something... I mean, we have done it, what, two, twice in two years now? Three, but three times. Three, three times in three maybe years. as well. Yep. Okay, I, okay, I might be... I, I, I might stand in... Uh, the first one, we did not that. deserve to win, but we did. Mike, <laughs> who, 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 give, Mike. Who, who gives a shit here? No, no I, I, I certainly it, don't. I just... Be, I mean, we won against uh, we won against um, Liverpool earlier that season. We won against Tottenham. Um, there's a few teams like that you need to beat to beat that those guys. Mm. And I felt like Chelsea away is one of those games where, all right, how are we gonna do this? Um, there's a few upcoming games as well after after the break. That's gonna be really tough for us, uh, and it's you know. Obviously, that's long in the future, but it's going to be uh, a period in January where it's all right. Are we are we those guys again, or are we not those guys? And it's kind of like a game by game thing. I don't think it's over time. I think like you play Newcastle home, are we going to win that? We are. Then you play Tottenham away, and then you go back to play United at home. Those three games may very well be, um, you know depending on where we go this season. So I'm really excited. But uh, yeah, Chelsea away uh, game of the year. We were better as well. They had nothing. They had nothing. No, no, no. They apparently had a striker on who was called, I don't, what's his name again? Um, Aboma Flong, something like that. Aboma Klong. I don't know. Uh, he said that he was prepared. I don't know for what, but uh, there you go. Um, you want left field or a different take there, Tobias? Uh, Mike, do you have a diff some... Um, what? How do I say this? No, I, I, have the... I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, the, as far as you know, watching that champagne football, the just the the total total domination, uh, you know, a game against Nottingham Forest uh, mm. comes to mind. But uh, you know, but that is, that is what we should be aspiring to do more often than we have yeah. is is put teams away early and often, like we did against Bournemouth, like we did against Brentford, like we did against Forest. But you know the games that that just look, Liverpool was a dicey game. We we were perhaps a bit fortunate to win that, but we showed the mental strength against a team that you know that they were up for that game. They were up for their, their game against City, but have somehow just not gotten up for any other games. Um, so I don't think you can put that at the top of the list. But Spurs for the for the statement it made, for the absolute panic and capitulation that you saw in Antonio Conte in the mm. second half of that mm. game. Didn't they make five subs all at once or four subs all at once? I think it was, um, yeah, and, maybe three or four or something. I, I know that he is substitution. Hoiberg and Son. Three would be three would not be unprecedented. So I think I feel like it was just, I think it might have been four because he was just like, fuck this. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, <laughs> and, it was and, really and, obvious, you know, he was waving the white flag. And that's flag what you want to like, make. Yeah. That's what you want to make Spurs do, and that's what you want to make. You know, when 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 you're tired of hearing people talk about Conte, uh, in the context of we should have had him and not not Arteta or whatever. That's what you need to see. But that Chelsea game, you know, I mentioned we sh probably shouldn't have won the one nil game two seasons ago against Chelsea that we played. They dominated us, but we won one nil. This game could have been four or five nil. Yeah, yeah, definitely. and yeah, definitely. and and it could it it should have been about three to negative two mm. uh that's how bad we we forced chelsea to play like like a, a clean sheet wasn't a fair result for us <laughs> because the, because they they deserved zero, like their xg should have been like negative nine or whatever because we just pounded them yeah. and you know 
couldn't have happened to a nicer guy than Aubameyang. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I got no love for that guy anymore. And, and, um, and, and so, yeah, that, that was a sweet win. And that, that is the moment. I mean, Liverpool came in bad and we treated them like a team that we were better than. And I think it's pretty clear we are now. They're on the down cycle that, that, you know, of, of the, the cycle we want to be on the up of yeah. from years ago. And, um, you know, and Spurs, I mean, we're, we're always better than them. And we just proved that we were. I don't think we've lost at home to them in years. Uh, the only problem is that we've struggled to win at their place. But, you know, Chelsea, that, we announced that we have a better squad than Chelsea right now. Uh, that they're in disarray, but the more they try to buy their way out of it, it's not going to help because they don't have the, the 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 cohesive system that we do. Maybe underground Potter, they might get that, but it's not looking good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, it's a long way of me saying I agree with Tobias that that was probably the sweetest uh, and best <laughs> overall game of the year. Great, Oscar. Also, funny enough, Chelsea has not won in the league for like I don't know six games or something. So Chelsea might not be, you know. Of course, you're going to go way. Where do you go them. after? Yeah, where do you go after? I mean, you can't just. This is why you can't just keep chopping and changing and chopping and changing. True. It will work every once in a while at tremendous expense, which you know we'll see how much. Uh, Todd Bowley wants to lose two billion uh, two billion dollars or two billion pounds like Abramovich was willing to, because that's what's going to happen when they don't make Europe next year. And that's the thing about this season. Sorry to cut across you, but this season, like everyone is talking about doing the Arsenal. You hear Chelsea talking about, yeah, we're going to give Potter some time and doing the Arsenal. And everyone's talking about, you know, giving uh, Ten Hag time at United because they need to do an Arsenal. And that's the, and that's you know the receipt that we get now for trusting Arteta, for trusting Edu, for trusting pretty much trusting our owners basically, for giving us time to trust, yeah. quote unquote, trust the process and look where we are. We're here now, and everyone is talking like, "Ooh, maybe we should be like Arsenal because they're doing pretty good." Yeah, we are. Well, and I, and, and I think I think it really. I mean, I think it traces to Liverpool's process, and I don't want to give them credit and take it away from us. The, the difference in those two processes is that they had two unbelievably marketable players that they that that kind of became surplus to requirements um, from, but but didn't hold the club to ransom, mm. uh, and they were able to get they were able to get you know ninety million and like a hundred and thirty million for these two players and reinvested that money very very smartly um they also had an experienced very good manager who True. was just coming into his prime whereas we yes. had we took a, a gamble on someone who learned at the foot of pep guardiola but you know we didn't know whether he would be good or not and frankly he he has you know he's not a he's not at klopp's class yet he's not at pep's class yet because he hasn't had the the, the amount of time and and the sustained success yet but he certainly headed that way. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and so I think it's kind of the Liverpool process, but with a little bit more pain internally, because instead of reforming our team through smart selling and smart purchasing, we've had to do it through Deadwood, just painful riddance at a, at a financial cost of Deadwood and ownership investment yeah. in... Yeah. In, uh, in in getting that team back, I mean, Liverpool did what they did, and were almost completely self-sustained while they did that because of those two sales. 
Whereas we are no longer self-sustaining for the time being. I have no question we'll return to that once the prize money rolls in and the commercial money starts going back up. But, um, you know, ownership is invested in this club and, and not just in a constantly self-sustaining environment. And we've done it through COVID and we've done it through an unbelievable clear out of absolute deadwood and, 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 club, and, and dressing room cancers. And, and so to me, it's a little bit more impressive than what Liverpool's done, but you're, you're absolutely right. This is now the model, and the only thing that makes me upset about the fact that Arsenal are doing this so successfully is that I do think that finally Manchester United is going to get it, and, and with, with their resources, if they do it right, they'll be a force to, to, to deal with two to four years from now. But, uh, but I'll take it if we're, if we're the new Man City at that point. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't, Question: yeah. How, what, What's the narrative on um, on the Stan, on the Cronkies and uh, Francis Glazers, etc.? I fucking hate Stan Cronky. I'm boycotting the games these days because he's a scum of the earth, basically in my in my eyes. Then uh, with the Super League kind of a thing, they show they don't give a shit about us. Doesn't matter in a way that we're doing good. I'm I'm happy to see the team succeed, but. I'm still not going to go to any home games to support um, support him. But, I mean, Glazers, uh, the same there. Uh, is there the a trend? Uh, uh, yeah, they're definitely the worst of all of them. But it, what's the narrative on, uh, on the Cronkies from American fans? Because other fans, other fan bases in other countries who go, fucking Americans don't know, you know, what's he doing, proper football, these kind of things. Yeah, we, we saw the we saw the burning American flags outside the Emirates. Uh, you know that uh, that didn't feel good particularly. But I mean, it's um, not directed towards you, but oh it no, is like you, you, if it was an ownership from another country, they would still do the same, I believe. Uh, I, I think like I've been very I've I've disliked the ownership for a long time. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. No, I, it's a good question and. You know, it's it's interesting because it, it, it really depends on your perspective. It depends on how long you've been following the team. It depends on how closely you look at the finances. And I've always, I've always, I mean, I, I'm a financial, you know, business school type of guy. So I always, try to, you know, and I'm not a, ta- a, a tactician. I'm not a football coach. I'm not a tactical analyst of football. I, I love to watch it. I know what I like and I know what I don't like watching, but I'm not an X's and O's type of uh, type of person. So when I look at you know ownership of a football club, I look kind of b- behind the numbers at the circumstances as so far as you know when they owned part of the team versus when they owned the entire team and why uh, those two eras uh, from from 2009 to 18 and from 2018 to now are different. And I tend to have a little bit more leniency towards that. Now, Stan Kroenke, as a human being, individual person, and as Garbage. an owner of and as an owner of companies and and sports franchises and clubs, I'm not lumping in Arsenal as a franchise, but he certainly has treated it like that. I have no love for that guy at all. He's a dis- he's disgusting. Uh, I don't like his political views. I don't like his views on on a lot of different things, and I don't like how he runs his teams. Um, I feel very differently about Josh. Um, and, you know, I've met Josh. I've interviewed Josh. Uh, we know friends who, you know, friends of ours, Aston uh, Mack, who's part of our podcast, uh, spent a lot of time with him. He was the the guy that, um, that was on the face of the Away Kit release this year. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that he's a he's a good friend of mine. He's he's one of our co-hosts on the podcast as well. He spent a lot of time at you know because of doing that on the summer tour with management and and ownership uh, at one of the games. And you know, I, I think that they have that would be almost the and it's not complete yet, but almost the second redemption story that is interesting to talk about. It's it's far from complete. But I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people who are anti-Cronky will remain that way until the, until the day they die. And I'm not talking about until the day the Cronkies die. I'm talking about <laughs> until, until the day that the, that the people die. But, um, but there are others who I think, you know, kind of didn't like them because of what 2009 to 2020 were like, uh, maybe even 21, and are starting to now see investment. They're seeing it in a different way. Uh, in a different context, and and saying, you know what, maybe these guys aren't that bad. Uh, you know, maybe they're the 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 devil that we know that's that that's actually trying now, rather than the devil we don't, like Daniel Eck or or Dangote or one of those guys. You know, he's never going to be, you know, the 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 state owned, you know, trillionaire who doesn't care about losing a billion dollars. Uh, that that won't be him, but he is willing to spend. They they are, and and Josh wants a connection to this club. Yeah, he could come over more. He could be more involved, but he is pretty involved, and it's his club to run, not stands. He may sign off on the final decisions and on the checks, but he hasn't been standing in the way of that recently. And um, yeah, but I mean, if look, if you live in St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> They fucking roped that city, bro. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we think we hate Stan Kroenke, try being from St. Louis, being an Arsenal supporter and a Rams uh, fan who, you know, who whose team was literally ripped away from them by this guy, you know, with a bunch of lies. So there, there there's no love lost for for Stan Kroenke. I, Josh Kroenke is a polished political owner type, but he does have a soul. And he does feel things, and he does want this team to win. And, and I'm comfortable with their ownership at this point, and I, I tend to, you know, to be seen as a punky supporter when when getting in debates with people about funding and investing and that sort of thing because, because I, you know, I look behind the numbers and I see a very different story than what a lot of people, you know, see about it. So, um, you know, it, it's an interesting question, but, you know, look, winning cures a lot. That's true. Uh, That's true. If, if if we spent three or four hundred million pounds over the last five years cleaning up our our playing staff, and we're still finishing sixth, you know, in addition to Arteta and Adu, people would be blaming the Cronkies for that. So if you're going to blame the Cronkies for for when we're doing bad and when the wrong decisions are being made, you know, you, you got to kind of put respect on their name as much as the disrespect you put on it when things are going badly. That's my opinion of it. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, look, the time is running out almost. Um, it's really fast. Like we say in Sweden, uh, when you have fun, times go quick. There you go with this. Time flies. Time flies. There you go. There you go with this uh, swinglish again. But it's one thing that I like to talk about before uh, wrap this thing up. And it's obviously like with our thoughts about the upcoming spring, uh, upcoming spring of Arsenal. Um, Oscar, going back to you, what's your thoughts? 
And how is this World Cup going to affect, or is it even going to affect the uh, rest of the season? So, like the people know that's listening to the podcast, I'm not uh, watching the World Cup. Um, I've decided not to watch it. Uh, I don't feel a buzz for the Good World for Cup. You, with, <laughs> with, no, I don't know, but... I wish I had the strength to do that, man. Um, so, but... Um, so, for, of course, I look at I look at the results and I uh, see if the Arsenal players have been playing. And so far, you can't say that it's too many players except Bakayo Saka that's been starting and Brian Xhaka, of course. But uh, Maddie Turner, um, yeah, and Maddie Turner, of course, of course, Maddie Turner. Uh, no, but a uh, few of our starters uh, have uh, not been playing that much, like Saliba and. Uh, um, now uh, Saliba, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, and so on. So I'm. It's going to be interesting to see if they get more minutes uh, during this uh, tournament, and if they don't, they hopefully shouldn't be as fatigued as you might have uh, been worried about pre World Cup. But what what I'm mostly looking forward to is to after the World Cup is getting back to London, mm. like we all um, do. Yeah, it's calling for us, Oscar. And London is calling yes. for us. London's Hopefully. calling for Oscar and <laughs> Philip. There you go, Mike. When are you going? I'm yeah, singing Oscar. again. And Mike, I'm, I'm going be... over. It. I'm going over in January. <laughs> for which games? Uh, Man United. Uh, I'll be there, man. We Ooh, will. Uh, nice. I'll, I'll be over for uh, for Spurs away and 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 United at home. Uh, I'm there for about ten days. Good. So uh, good timing. We will re we will reunite yet again. Yeah, the big question is, are you going to stay in Highbury this time around as well? I will be staying right next to Highbury. uh, And the reason that we're going is to uh, visit a few flats in Highbury that we're considering uh, uh, purchasing for investment purposes and to stay over. So I may be be technically owning a flat in Highbury in the next few months or co-owning, part-owning a place in Highbury. I mean, there's also r- rumors that you're going to hire me as your liaison for this apartment. Is that uh, true? I, I, absolutely. It, it is. I mean, literally, it's a full circle dream come true. If I end up owning a flat on the North Bank of Highbury, uh, 35 years later. I mean, wow. that's. I, I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, I sh- probably shouldn't be saying anything about it because I don't want it to to not come true. But uh, but yeah, that's the level of of obsession. And the psychological connection to 1989 that I still have is that I I must live there. <laughs> wow, just amazing! I, 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 uh, it's been more than a year now, and I still can't believe that I turned down the opportunity to go to uh, an after party with Mike uh, at Tybury. Yeah, that that, 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 that was work. you you missed but, me falling through you missed me falling through a chair onto the ground. Which, uh, <laughs> Fortunately, we that have is... video of the aftermath, and I can send it to you guys later. But yeah, that yeah. was. Uh... So, so the first time I met Mike, he invited me uh, to an after party at Tybury, and I, um, I had work in the morning, which was bad with the time, uh, with the time zones. So I had to be up at like six o'clock in the morning. You would have been up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't have slept. But... <laughs> no, oh, that's true. That's true. So maybe, maybe I'll get another chance on that. Hopefully. Uh, all right. So, Mike, your uh, expectations for the rest of the season, uh, except for owning a uh, flat in Highbury? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, 
I, I think that this team and the mentality is not going to be thrown off by a month break. I think the club are doing good things to keep the non-World Cup players fit uh, and, and in football form. I think, uh, you know, as was said, we're not really running ourselves down too much with with these World Cup games like some other teams are. I mean, I, I really hope Belgium gets their shit together because I need De Bruyne to get another three games in his, you know, in his legs. Um, we need, uh, you know, all, all of those guys to, to from, from Manchester United and, and from City to, to, to get tired and spent. But, like, I, I just I don't think that all of a sudden everything's going to come crashing down. I certainly hope not to be uh, proven wrong there. But I still think we're going to finish second just because I just I, – I can't possibly conceive of the, the second and third thirds of this season being as good as the first. Um, as far as our investment in January, I get why we didn't invest last January, and I understand why we did that. Um, I think the fact that we did that and the fact that we didn't pull the trigger on a last-minute deal for, you know, like a, either a Rafinha or somebody else uh, in the summer, uh, I do think that we're going to bring in one or two in January. And they're not going to be players, you know, for five years from now. They'll be players who... Will, will will be as good or better than the person that we have in our second team. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to bring in players that are going to dislodge our best 11 right now because I don't think that's necessary. Wait. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I just you'd have to pay way too much to do that. But I think we're going to start to you know overhaul our our second team and uh, and and you know we're going to be right there at the end uh, this season. I, whether we win or not, it might end up coming down to that. Manchester City, Chelsea, Newcastle, uh, triad of games in in uh, late April, early May. But um, but I I think this is going to be a season to remember. Yeah. Uh, same question for you, Tobias. Expectation for the rest of the season on and your thoughts. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit with Mike that we are going to add something in January. Um, most likely Douglas Luiz, as we were pushing for me earlier. Um, Villa will probably let him go at this point, so I think he, he signed will. He's a new contract, join. though. He signed oh, a new yeah, contract. The... When? Uh, about a couple a weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think he will He's be coming. coming. He's coming. Um, yeah, you had to hear it first. <laughs> okay. No jokes, but like so, uh, t- a type like that, because we have seen if, let's say, Shaka and Partey goes down, I think that might be our toughest position. On the left back, on the right backs, you have Tien, you have Tomiyasu. Um, it's Sinchenko. Danilo is like, realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going going around there. Are we, we're going to be in the top. I think, do you guys remember if I said second or third in, before the season? I think you said I uh, think I might second, I think. I, I think yeah. so. I think it's a second. I, I still think we're gonna make top two because the way it looks now, I don't think we're gonna have huge fall off. Um, there's gonna be uh, bumps in the road. There's yeah. gonna be ups and downs. Um, now we have a buffet of five points to to City. Is that gonna be like? Are we gonna stick uh, hold that off? I'm not sure that we are going to. But I think we're gonna hold off for the ones below. Just to make sure. About- uh, the, the gap is getting bigger and bigger. Like uh, uh, between teams b- below us yeah. below the top two 
And just to make sure, what's the what's the what's the score now, so to speak, and how many points are we ahead of? Philip, because I had it here before. Uh, right now, if you know, there's one game that's hanging in the air, which is the one between Arsenal and City. See, either gets tighter, or uh, uh, we are, you know, pushing off a little bit more. But we have seven points down to third. We Newcastle, eight points to Tottenham, and we have eleven points to United, which are five. And just to make both, sure, uh, are we top? I just want to hear you say, oh, we are top of yeah, the league. We're yes, top we're top. top of the league. We're top of the league. <laughs> All right, thank you. I just want to, you know, end the podcast with top of the league. Uh, we, so, also, uh, we also allow the fewest goals in the entire league, just for information. Yeah, we are so fucking good right now. We, I we don't want to do are, something. We, are, we might just be the greatest team by far that the world, the world has, has ever seen. There you go. There yeah. you go, Mike. It's uh, our true as and I'm get battered everywhere they go. As you see on Mike's signs everywhere he goes. Yeah, they they, they get they get better everywhere they go. Everywhere they Tottenham go. Tottenham get better. Will, will you get the sign with you to London? Well, well, I, I'm sorry. What? Will you bring the sign to London? Oh, the sign from uh, that I bring to uh, uh, to all the wrestling events. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it fits in my suitcase, yeah, why not? Otherwise, just bring a bigger suitcase, yeah? That's a great <laughs> picture, Mike, by the way. A really great picture. <laughs> you know, I'm just all, I'm all about having fun. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and getting attention. That's really what I, I, I'm just a little kid who needs attention. That's pretty much what I am. Aren't we all that, you know, doing podcasts? Aren't we all that, just little kids wanting to uh, get attention? Some, some, some maybe more than others, but yeah. The, the podcasting gene tends to be pretty similar amongst, amongst people who like attention and, uh, and you know whether it's positive or negative attention varies by podcaster, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun. And you guys have been fantastic. I have really, really enjoyed this. Thank you very much, Mike. And with those, I don't mean to I sound like... surprised. I knew I knew it would be fun, but I just uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but not that fun. I know Ben White is good, but not that good. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, mean, I, 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 I thought there'd be banter, but I didn't think it would be this good. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we do our best. Uh, with those words, Mike, we'd like to thank you very, very much for coming on. We had a blast, and it was really, really fun to have you on. Uh, I had in my notebook uh, like a million topics that I want to talk about, but maybe next time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the only way to to top off a you know an hour and a half long show is to do a second hour and a half long show. So I'm 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 happy to do it anytime, guys. Great, like, truly anytime. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, if any of you listeners want to he hear more with Magic Mike, you just listen to the Gunners podcast, uh, which you all should do by now. But if you somehow the don't... The podcast. The Gunners podcast. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's my swinglish again. Uh, the Gunners podcast. Sorry, sorry. Um, which you all do, should do by Gunners now. Gunnerstown. The blog. Uh, yes. Yeah. Gunnerstown.com. Uh, Gunners. And, and follow... Yeah, follow the Gooners Pod on Twitter and uh, and Gooners v Cancer on Twitter. And, and next time I'm on with you guys, we'll talk a little bit more about that. No, but if Tobias needs to go, I think we should uh, let Mike uh, say a few words about Gooners v Cancer before we let Mike go. Um, even if Tobias has to go because he has other things to do tonight, I think we should let Mike talk a little bit about Gooners v Cancer because that's an important thing that he does. Yeah. I'm happy so, uh, Mike, thank you. Uh, I'll see you around, mate. Take care, Tobias. Hope to meet you yeah. one day. See you, buddy. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I'll be quick. Uh, Gunners versus Cancer is a uh, is a charitable uh, 
not a foundation, but it's a charitable effort that we do every single year. Uh, it's become kind of a year-round thing. It used to just be in the first few months of the season. And uh, we raise funds directly for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which uh, is working hard to try to find a cure for blood cancers and other cancers. My dad uh, was lost at, a, at way too early of an age by, by blood cancers about 15 years ago. And and it's just been a really important cause to me. And you know, through that and Arsenal and the combining of the two, uh, just met so many amazing people with, with similar stories, unfortunately, about how you know, any cancer, blood cancers especially, but any cancer has affected their lives, their families' lives, uh, their friends, their kids, which is heartbreaking. And, um, and so I just I think it's really important to, to try to raise awareness, and we do that through the Gooner family. Uh, so if you have the opportunity to go to GoonersVCancer.com, you'll find that there's always something going on there right now. It's the, it's the main auction of the year. Uh, not so much an auction, but a raffle where, where if you donate, and you can donate in any, any country, it will automatically convert to the dollar denomination, but you can donate from anywhere using a credit card, and you will earn uh, raffle tickets that you will then be able to spend on various Arsenal-related prizes, signed kits, uh, game tickets if you're going to be in London, experiences, uh, artwork, that sort of stuff. And, and at the end of the, the drive, which should be towards the end of December, we pick winners of all these items. So you know, people who have been very generous and donated, many of them have, have won some amazing prizes just as a, as a great kind of side effect to their, their generosity. And uh, it, it's just been amazing how people have really picked up on it so far. So it's, it's GoonersVCancer.com. Great, perfect. Uh, good though that we had time to, because, uh, like you said, it's a it's an important topic. So thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and you know, nothing better than, than than ending an hour and a half of fun banter with uh, with cancer talk. But uh, <laughs> but it is important, and yeah, I, I appreciate sure, you guys sure. shining a light on it. Uh, and next time, I promise you have more time to talk about the. Uh, the topic Swedish and, uh, music. yeah yeah Swedish music <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> um 